this month, Long Road Distillers opened up with the first official stills in Grand Rapids history. With such a momentous occasion, I sat down with founders John and Kyle and talked about what this means and where this culture is going. We also had several guests stop in and discuss what they do there. So join us as we listen to part one of our podcast with Long Road Distillers. You nervous, Lyle? I don't know what this means. So from my understanding, you have the first two legal stills in Grand Rapids. Is that even an intro to this thing? No, I do it later. Oh. I let him leave that in. <laughs> That's why I don't understand what's going on right now. Yeah, we do have the, uh, the first two legal stills in the city of Grand Rapids. Actually, uh, the first four legal stills. Because yeah, we do have four stills. We, do have four. Just, um, we have two baby stills. But, Two uh, big stills. The first still ever was uh, our 500-gallon Vendome stripping still, whiskey still, from Vendome Copper and Brass in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, a little name drop there. You know, they're the best of the best. I'm, I'm happy to, to tell the world that I have a Vendome because, uh, you know, any reputable bourbon that's ever been made in this country is, uh, is probably made on a Vendome, and they're the best. And so in order for us to make the best, we need to go get the best. And... Uh, it's it's a really an amazing piece of equipment. It's a it's a, a 500 gallon pot with uh, eight plates. It serves as our stripping still for most uh, every product that we make, and uh, we also use it to finish our whiskey and our brandies in. Um, we also have a uh, 125 gallon Mueller still from Germany. Uh, you know, it's, it's the uh, it's the premium, it's the Porsche of uh, of stills. It's it's an amazing piece of equipment. It's got 18 plate twin column rectification. It's our finishing still for our vodka, our gin. Um, it's uh, it's. It's just, it's top of the line. Why do you want to make world-class spirits on the west side of Grand So why? It's a multi-faceted question. Why make spirits? Well, why think, on the west side of Grand Well, I think the west side is, uh, is certainly, that's kind of, it's our home. It's what we've, uh, you know, we met uh, working together at the Neighborhood Association here on a, on a number of different things. We started a little, uh, an entity that um, gave back to the neighborhood by, you know, hosting a winter festival at a Richmond Park every year. We we love the neighborhood. We both still live here with our, our wives and, and Kyle with his children. Um, it's it's the neighborhood we believe in. It's the neighborhood we've been championing for you know, over 10 years apiece. And when it came time to do this, there was really no other place to, to, to settle down and say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it right here. Um, our good friends, Max and Chris, have been brewing company, have, uh, have really, you know, their uh, investment in this neighborhood and the the success that they've had has been, uh, you know, it's, we, we can't thank them enough for, for doing that and showing us that it is possible to, to be very, very successful here. And we're excited to join them as, you know, we see ourselves as partners with them in a, in a, in a, in a way that we are creating a, a destination unlike any other in the city. we got lots of breweries in Grand Rapids and greater Grand Rapids, but this uh, this will be the first place where you can go to a brewery and a distillery next door to each other. Um, and we're trying to create a little epicenter of, uh, of craft right here, uh, right here on West Southern. And beyond that, I mean, uh, we love that we're next door to the Mitten, and we love the new investment that we've seen across the street with Two Scots, but um, there's a ton of longstanding businesses on the west side, and on West Leonard in particular, that uh, have kind of weathered some different storms throughout the years, um, you know, from Brands and the Shade Shop and uh, DeVries Jewelers and Belden and Brick and Mieras and Arnie's and everybody else. There's just... There's some really amazing small businesses here, and uh, 
some great contributors to the community, and it's fun to be a part of that, to invest in the neighborhood um, more than just our time, um, <laughs> but a little bit of money and, yeah, and a lot of energy, too. And we hope that we can be a part of the continued revitalization of the neighborhood uh, and continue to uh, highlight all the assets of the neighborhood, not just the, the cool businesses, but uh, the great parks and the schools and everything else going on because there's just there's so much good stuff happening on the west side, not just on West Leonard, but you know down on Stockbridge and Bridge and Fulton as well. And good spirits, yeah, because this is Grand Rapids, we're <laughs> Beer City, USA, right? Uh, no one was making spirits. Uh, no one was making uh, the the handcrafted stuff that we were looking for, and so we decided, why not us? Why not here? Why not now? And, uh, yeah, we, somehow we did it and, and we're really happy with the way things are turning out. Um, and we couldn't figure it out. I mean, having spent enough time, you know, in wine country and traveling to different breweries and stuff that, uh, of all the places in Michigan, uh, that this could have been done, that it hadn't been done here. That mm -hmm. there is, I mean, the, the diversity of the agriculture that is in this region is, is, is almost second to none mm -hmm. between, you know, grain farms and fruit farms, they're all within, you know, 30 miles of us. We can pretty much get anything we want to make distilled spirits with. And uh, we feel just so fortunate that we're, we're right here or we can, I can go, you know, go get my rye or go get my wheat just from somebody who I know. I've, I've been to the farm. I've seen the wheat growing in the field. There's really not a better place in the U.S., honestly, no, it really, for, it's a, for it, grain and fruit together. It's a, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. So we're just we're really excited not only at the it's, – it's almost like we have to control ourselves a little bit because there's so many things we want <laughs> to do. It's like every day there's another crazy idea. And it's not even a crazy idea. It's just an idea that actually probably could work if uh, we take the time to and the energy and the money to invest in it because there are just there's so many things out there that could be uh, accomplished. And we hope to accomplish many of them over time. And I think we will, but it's just, man, right now we have to focus on our core, our core brands, but we're going to get to the point where, man, we're going to be able to try some really, uh, you know, unique and outside of the box things just based on the fact that we're 20 minutes from whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Oh, somebody's at yeah. the door. Hey! Another cocktail. Come on in. Describe what you've made for us. This is the whiskey sour. This is the final edition I think that we're going to run with. All right. All right, and tell us what's in it. You're live, on a, you're live on a podcast right now. This right. Is Adam, Don't get nervous. Adam, one of our, uh, our very, very talented Just bartenders. bartenders. Because this is, um, I was getting egg whites from the kitchen. I think this has white whiskey, fennel, egg white, bitters, and then we're doing the aromatic spray over the final product, and I think that's what we're looking at right now. Excellent. It's very, uh, wow. very the, cool. Uh, the whiskey is so obvious in that. It's excellent. I think it does really well with the rest of it. We were trying a couple it of variations. It at all. No, it's it's excellent. That is that is pretty much all whiskey that you taste. I like that. Wow, it's very good. Nice. What do you what do you taste when you you <laughs> drink that? It's definitely very rye heavy, yeah. which I think is really good, and it pairs well with. I think it's fennel that we're using in here, and I think with that fennel simple syrup that it kind of gives a nice smooth finish to it. Mm -hmm. Delicious. It was a great job. Good job, Adam. <laughs> See you guys upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here as soon as possible. <laughs> uh, well, cocktail. That was tasty. I like guests on podcasts. This, this is good. I can't
can't wait until Brian, Brian shows up. Yeah, yeah. Brian gonna walk in with a still. <laughs> um, so this is kind of a two-part question. So I'll ask the first question: uh, Why is it? Why is this this buy local thing uh, catching on so heavily in Grand Rapids right now? I mean, it's a nationwide trend, but why is it super heavy in Grand Rapids? <laughs> you, know, you, know, you, know, you know what? No, no. I think when Kyle and I were coming up this this idea, and we were actually, I think, this one we were trying to name the uh, name the distillery and, and going through just a bunch of iterations of, of what we wanted this thing to be. And one of the things that was most important to us is we always talked about being a uh, a place where things were made, right? And Michigan has a strong tradition and history of people using their hands to make quality things, whether it's cars, or furniture, or farming. Um, we're a nation of, of people that, that did something. And uh, you see that, you know, kind of like I said, across the board, across the nation, there's a, a rich tradition of people, or a new tradition of people trying to go back to that. You know, we want to make something again. And so for us, I think in Grand Rapids, that, that tradition is very, is strong. And it's, it's, you know, we've lost some industries over the year, but we continue to gain industries and we continue to just still make things here. And so I think that's just, it's sort of ingrained in all of us that are, that, you know, now call ourselves Grand Rapidians or have always called ourselves Grand Rapidians. We want to make something, and we want to be proud of you know that that product. And so you know, I want to be proud of the fact I, I was a real estate appraiser in my former life, but I didn't make anything. I just told you what something was worth. I didn't I didn't I didn't create anything. Um, and so this was an opportunity for us to like really create something that we hope other people can find joy and pleasure in. Um, you know, it's and it's really it's you know we're just a few days going now with uh, customers paying customers actually trying your product, but it's been it's it's, it's so. Uh, you feel so good when you see somebody like really try your, when you try your product or you try a cocktail for the first time they like, they, you can genuinely see the excitement on their face that they, they you know they enjoyed it um, yeah. you can't rec- you, it, it's really hard to, to even fathom like how that feels I, I, I didn't know that until five days ago the two the two uh, most fun pieces of feedback that I received one was from my cousin uh, who's from Allegan he doesn't drink cocktails they drink beer <laughs> Which is great, uh, but not but not like mitten beer or founders beer. They drink beer, right? Uh, beer, but they came to support us, you know, and it was awesome. And uh, he gets he gets a couple shots and a couple cocktails, and he says, "I don't normally drink this stuff, but this is incredible. Like I didn't think I'd like any of it, and that's why I ordered a few things. But I like it all. This is amazing." And the other piece of feedback was from someone who. Uh, I know enjoys cocktails, and she's enjoyed cocktails at many different places and in many different cities and around the world. And she said uh, about our Polish Falcon, this is the best drink I've ever had. Hands down, best drink ever. Uh, That means something. That's really awesome to us. Hey, look at that. That's our chef, Scott Seas. Another guest. Another guest on our podcast. Hi. You want to talk about the menu at all? You don't have free, to. It's a free form here. Oh, to the pro. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to create the freshest, most healthy menu I can to totally complement all of our spirits. Yeah. That was perfect. I love this thing. <laughs> not the, the printer. He loves the printer. Not, not the it's a big fan of a wireless printer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that brings me, the, the local thing brings me to the second one, which is, I was struck, okay. um, but I was struck by, you know, you got big crates of grain down there. I've been to a ton of 
distilleries. Not a ton. Probably a dozen or so. Not many have any grain around at all. Hmm. That's an interesting... How do you tell... And that's... It's not... They're not outwardly saying that they're not making everything there. But it's perceived when a customer walks in. How do you know if a distillery is honestly and truthfully making their product 100% there? It's really hard to tell. I think um, you got to ask. Yeah. And I, I think that's part of the kind I've been trying to do or would really like to do is it's about... Uh, Education. I think the biggest, you know, just like in the beer community, the biggest evangelists for the beer community are the beer community, because um, mm-hmm. they're so passionate and so knowledgeable about the product. And you know, it's really, as much as I know about beer, sometimes I'm overly intimidated by people who are real beer aficionados because they know so much about the process and why, you know, why this style of beer is this style of beer and why how this style of beer was made and why you know this whatever doesn't classify as that. It's like, oh. So I was getting an IPA, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so I think for us, it's like it's trying to get people to understand why why it is, so that they're empowered to go ask those questions, so that they're empowered to ask. Well, I mean, you know, if you make vodka here, how come your still doesn't have AC plates in it, or, or more, yeah. or, or more, or, or, or why do you have a continuous, you know, so, or, yeah, yeah, or you know, well, you made this product, well, what, you know. Did you make that? Did you mill that grain in house, or what? You know, they, we we want to just provide them, you know, with the uh, the tools so that they can understand why it's important and why you know. And and I think part of it is, is value for what you pay for, right? Like I'm okay with. Uh, there's lots of ways to make distilled spirits. There's lots of ways, you know, like in the wine world. Some people are wine growers. Some people are wine blenders. Some people are do a little of both. Right. And that's okay. I'm not. I, I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't want to sound uh, cocky and like call anyone out. I'm not saying anything is wrong. I just, want, I just want truth. Right. I want people to know, like, if you paid me $30 for my fifth of vodka, I want you to know that I bought the wheat from a guy I know, and then I milled it here, and I fermented it here, and I distilled it here, and, uh, you know. And then I distilled it again. And then I distilled it Because that's what it freaking takes. And that's know? what it like, takes. And then, yeah. It's not just uh, buying a, a tote of neutral spirits and running it through my still once and slapping my label on it, or even just right. bottling it, you know. Sorry. And I'm okay. Thing, and I'm okay knowing my vodka costs a little more. Yeah, it's okay because it costs more. It's not. I'm not. It's not, I don't have the most efficient system in the entire world. I don't. I. I don't. You know, I, I bought my wheat from a guy that you know I supported his farm locally here. And that's. It's fine by me. I, it's okay to pay for things, uh, especially when you know you're, you're getting the value you think you're getting. So we want our customers to get the value and you know enjoy the product that they really think they're enjoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> a bit. Oh, I mean, you. Your system is impressive. You come in here and you, it's just shiny. Everybody loves. Needs that. to be polished again, but it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's impressive. Pretty proud of it. I had a question that I was going to ask. Lost it when I was laughing at you. <laughs> uh-huh. these, these things aren't scripted. No. Okay. Was it about sourcing spirits and not ingredients? No, was it wasn't. It about no, it was my designer. Oh, oh, I know what it was. Your designer. Go ask the question before you forget. <laughs> I've been. I've talked to a couple people uh, about it. More on the beer industry side of it, but he's involved on the you know 
spent time at distilleries and stuff, and he's worked with, you know, Jack Daniels and Buffalo mm-hmm. Trace and stuff, and they said they're not big fans of calling the micro-distillery movement a craft distillery movement, because what they do is craft. I mean, what's your guys' take on that? What are you guys doing that could be... I mean, is I, that... Yeah, first of all, sure. are they craft? Sure. I don't, I'm like, I don't disagree. That people, I, uh, you know, breweries... I don't disagree uh, that what they're doing is a craft. Uh, it's it's like the guys working on the line or the gals working on the line at GM. Uh, it's highly sophisticated and automated at this point, but it's still a trade, it's still a craft, and it still takes skill. Um, same thing with going to Jim Beam and going to Jack Daniels or going to Maker's Mark. Highly automated, heavily industrial, but it's still a craft. What we're doing here is at a much different scale. Uh, I don't think it's fair to call something like a Tito's or a Jim Beam or something handcrafted. I think that that's a stretch, but I do think it's a craft. And that's why, you know, we're going to make a bourbon, um, but we're not going to specialize in bourbon because they make a fucking good bourbon. Like, we won't make a bourbon quite the same way as them. We're going to have to have a unique take on bourbon. And that's okay. We'll have something that's unique to us, that's uniquely Michigan with our our Michigan grain. Um, But yeah, they're skilled. They've got it down. Good for them. Um, But what we're doing is different. Ooh, another thing. It's it's different. Uh, It's flexible. And go ahead. Abram's here with another cocktail. What's in this? Abram is another one of Uh, our uh, sophisticated bartenders. That's our uh, white Manhattan. Uh, It's got some vermouth in it. Our uh, rye whiskey, a little bit of orange berries. Looks delightful. You know it's leering in the back over here. I just want to see what you think. I'm just waiting for it. Hmm. It's very good. Very bright on the nose. Citrusy. Lots of citrus. Less removed than last time. Less yeah. removed? Yeah. So they're how much removed? I think it's 0.5. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, the orange on the, the fruit on there is very mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Real nice. Orange twist and also on the Gin and juice. Gin and juice. As much as we can get before the <laughs> juice falls out. At least nobody lost an eye. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> nice. Thanks, guys. Guests are great. Yeah. Uh, Especially when they bring you cocktails. <laughs> so I think that... that but, you know, the, yep. the, the scope of what we're doing here allows us to be very flexible. And so... We're going to make more than just bourbon. Right. So while Jack Daniels and Jim Beam and Maker's Mark make great whiskey, that's pretty much all they're making. They might add some flavorings after the fact to uh, put more products on the shelf. Um, But what we're doing is handcrafting a variety of products uh, to the very best of our ability in doing what we think uh, is creating amazing world-class spirits of all varieties. Um, not just vodka or gin or whiskey, um, but using some other um, local uh, fruits and grains to, to make things that are truly unique um, to this region. That was good. I, I, I would just grab it briefly. Kyle Hard. Like Ford, too. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not guys, knocking the craft. That's, that's a craft. That's a trade. Uh, uh, Dodge, sure. I mean, I think it's it's 
it was the hard line, you know, going hard at Budweiser and Miller and everything of that separated craft breweries mm-hmm. to those. And I, I think the spirits world is a little bit foggier. It is. It's real foggy. That's and that's part of the weird the, the the weirdness that is the distillery world. And I guess it's, <laughs> it ends up in any industry, right? Marketing is like right. such a big tool for everyone. You have to get people right. to pay attention to you. You have to find a way to get to get your product in the the mouths and the bellies of consumers. And uh, so some people have taken that marketing approach to a whole new level. Right. And you know, again, this is this was coming back to the, the whole consumer education thing. Just know what you're paying for. If I pay my, if I go out and buy a fifty dollar bottle of single barrel wild turkey like I did this weekend, um, <laughs> so good. It's so good, right? And it, it's a it's it's damn it. I, I spent fifty bucks on this, and I know it's a good. It's a it's a damn good bourbon. Um, mm-hmm. And and I'm okay with that. But it, but don't go spend fifty dollars on something that isn't a world class product, right? Um, and mm-hmm. or that someone didn't actually make, or that someone like so, there's yeah. there's plenty of people in the world, and it's scotch is a perfect example. Single malt scotches are all ama- like amazing products, but there's some people that don't actually distill any scotch; right. they just blend scotch. But it does take a, a very talented person or team of people and to, to understand what it takes to make a really good blended scotch. And so, th- th- but they're upfront about it. This is a blended scotch, and they tell you that that is what it is. Another guest. Hello? Hello? I did. Hey, here's our front of house manager, Daniel. Come on in, Daniel. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Daniel. Daniel, tell us what you're trying to accomplish with with our cocktails. Um, trying to accomplish marrying our core spirits with some seasonal flavors, some fresh squeezed juices, uh, seasonal fruits and vegetables, as well as some just exotic spices and putting these together to create fun uh, drinks that people want to keep coming back for. <clears throat> Trying not necessarily to go for the esoteric, but relatable, very drinkable, and very well made. Uh, trying to create drinks that you can't normally enjoy at home because they're labor intensive. They have a lot of prep to them, but they're simple in their execution and assembly. Uh, yeah, something enjoyable. Just really want people to enjoy them. So we tried the Manhattan and uh, the Whiskey Sour. Both were excellent. Went through those a lot. Those were like the third or fourth ones. Yeah, awesome. The, the Manhattan was, yeah. I've made, I I made some wet Manhattan at home and none of them have been that good. So I could yeah. even drop a little vermouth from that. but Oh, I did 0. .5. I still wanted to, to show. I kept dropping and dropping. So to go, back, to go back to the thing, there's another point I want to make about uh, the differences between the brewing industry and the distilling industry. And that's for a whiskey, there's years of investment right. that go into a good whiskey. Years of aging in a barrel. You don't have that with a brewery. You've got maybe a couple weeks, maybe a month, you know. Uh, if it's a barrel-aged beer, it's maybe a year. Um, but it's nothing like the investment that goes into making amazing whiskey. And so we've got these guys that have been doing this for for decades, uh, pre-prohibition even. Um, and... And they've got it dialed in, and they've got Rick houses full of barrels of well-made whiskey. So who knows? In 20 years, are we going to be rethinking this, and are we going to be calling uh, Maker's Mark and Jim Beam uh, uh, folks that have that are crafty, that are crafting uh, something that's that's different and amazing? Probably, but maybe not. Maybe maybe it'll be 
you know, maybe, not, maybe, maybe it won't be flavorful enough for people. Right. Maybe maybe it doesn't provide what maybe people are looking for. Maybe this damn honey and cinnamon craze of all way. That, <laughs> that needs to go jump off a cliff because um, that's ridiculous. But, you know, I I don't know. You know, we've – domestic beer makers have uh, bastardized beer so much over the years that we finally come back to the roots I'm not sure that the whiskey makers in this country ever left their roots. No. So uh, I don't think we'll we'll be in this position uh, at odds with uh, whiskey makers. Uh, now, when it comes to vodka and gin and some other things, I think there's a lot to be discussed there um, because of... Cotton candy, um, sugar snap, peas, blueberry, Yeah, vodka. holy shit. It's oh. not really uh, <laughs> vodka anymore. That is uh, a soda. Um, alcohol. Alcoholic soda, yeah. alcoholic food coloring. Um, but I think that there's a lot of room for improvement in that part of the industry. Um, no, and, and there's and there's a lot. You know, I think this is like anything. It's 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 you know, it's it's cheeseburgers or it's uh, beer or it's whiskey, right? Like, there's good and there's bad. And right. I, if people want to, if they want to drink bad, they want to eat bad. Feel free. I'm not. I, I, it's fine. I'm not. This American man, you can do whatever you want. I really don't care. <laughs> if you want to eat double cheese, if you want to eat double cheeseburgers and drink pop off all day, I'm not going to stop you because that's uh, you should be able to. But if you want to get a good a vodka and you want to pay for it, man, by all means, I want to help you. I want to help you have the best uh, tasting vodka you can have for the well, money. And a lot of this is going back to the original uh, style of producing these products, right? I mean, making vodka on on our on our batch system is still. Or making brandies on that system, or gins. That's old world. That's like how they've been doing it in Germany, in Poland, in Russia, in you know Sweden for long, long time. And uh, it's pretty awesome to do that again. You know. And the nice thing is, is you know, for all the cumbersome nature that is uh, the federal government, sometimes there are rules and standards in place for um, most all of our products. And so if I want to make a bourbon, you know, there's a definition for what bourbon is. It, it specifies, you know, some, some thresholds on the grains that need to be in there and, and how long it has to be in a barrel and what kind of barrel you can put it in. <coughs> so there are some protections in place that are going to ensure that, you know, that bourbon will live on. And uh, there's ways to make things that are, you know, pseudo-bourbons. But to make a real straight American bourbon the right way, it's dictated to me how I have to do that. And uh, I just have to play within those rules, and I hope my product comes out as good as everyone else's. Aww. It will. And it will. It will. It will. No, that's something I've been... Thanks for... Those were great opinions on the issue that I've been thinking a lot about. Mm-hmm. About how just because a producer's small doesn't mean it's better than a sure. producer that's producing 100 times as much as that. Absolutely. Which a lot of consumers are leaning towards right now, and I, that kind of scares me the future of products. And one thing that we, we discussed internally at, at quite a length is there is this, I mean, we are at a smaller scale, and so consistency is a very important thing for us. Uh, we want to make sure that we, you know, because our system doesn't operate at the scale and scope that some of these larger distilleries do, we have to be very careful and intentional about how we do things so that we maintain a, a level of consistency batch after batch, um, product after product. And so we really do, you know, we have to focus on that a lot. And we really want, you know, our gin is our kind of our prime example of why we're doing gin the way we're doing our gin. A lot of people use their neutral spirit as their base, just like we do. And then they put their botanicals in the pot and do a distillation. Well, 
I think that can can potentially lead to some un, inconsistent results. And so for us, it's about taking each individual botanical, distilling it on its own, so that we end up, um, and then we blend those those individual distillations back together to make sure that we have a gin that we can replicate and reproduce time after time after time. Because we do want our gin to be, you know, when a bartender crafts a cocktail, um, there's an expectation of this is what this this product tastes like, and so I design a cocktail to to to, to complement and coordinate with those that that flavor profile. We want to make sure that the next time the bartender reaches for our bottle of Long Road flagship gin, that that it's going to create the, the cocktail that's that's replicatable and consistent. And so it's it's part of being the long run, man. I think this take a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I have to end now because you have other things to do. Brian never made an appearance, though. So he didn't. I can well, I can pause it. And we can wait for part two. I'll just hang out here and do other things. We should do part two.